We're going to be diving in right now into um, trusting in the Lord. Look at the person next to you and say, trusting in the Lord. Simple, direct. We're just going to dive all around it and just may the Holy Spirit just prompt us, encourage us. And all the things that we're dealing with, going through, walking through. Anybody going through something today, this week? Raise your hand. Anybody need a a little bit more encouragement to keep trusting in the Lord? Raise your hand. All right. It's a pretty easy one, right? Like we should all hands, feet all flying in the air. One little scripture before we get to a much longer passage in just a couple moments. And it's one that we're familiar with and we could read it over and over again, but it's Proverbs 3, 5. Proverbs 3, 5. Anybody want to just shout that out from their heart? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I, I stopped it right there. I mean, lean not on your own understanding, all your ways acknowledge Him. But I stopped it right there with trust in the Lord with all your heart. Look at your spouse, your kids, somebody around you if you're here solo, and just tell somebody, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Man, that's one of those, one of those scriptures. It's, it's a lifetime pursuit like, like much of the Word of God. To be a people learning to trust in the Lord... With all our heart, I, I was borderline going to go and throw a curveball to the, to the worship team. And what's the song? Some of us will know leaning on his everlasting arms, like learning, leaning, leaning, lean. Does it go like that? Does, I know. I, you, you'd be surprised the songs that I know, Dev. <laughs> Dev's like, you know that one, Pastor? Oh, I've been, I've been going around a few times, going around a few places, leaning leaning, leaning on his everlasting arms. I'm leaning. Anyway, let's move on. Leaning, learning to trust, learning to depend upon, learning to put our weight upon the everlasting arms of Jesus. Let me ask you a question today, and don't shout it out if, if the answer is um, less than, than positive in your mind or your heart today, but has the Lord ever given you a reason to doubt Him? That's the question. Thank you for the answer there. Never. And, and some of us, haven't, we haven't quite discovered that yet. We're still figuring that out. Sometimes we might feel like we've been kind of let down time or two, but in my years and obviously many others in the house today, years of walking with Jesus and learning to trust in Jesus, I can, I can say with, without hesitation that the Lord Jesus has never given me any reason to doubt him. And that has, as we'll, as we'll dive in and discover, that's through many different type of circumstances that were, that were different and played out differently than what I had hoped and anticipated. <laughs> so we're going to learn to trust in the Lord a little more today. And when I say trust, 
I want to put another T word in front of it. Tangible trust. Tangible trust in the Lord. Not just philosophical. Not just, oh, well, somebody told me I'm supposed to trust in the Lord. Or I'm supposed to speak faith. I'm talking about trust that we can actually feel in our walk with Christ. Trust that actually costs us. Not in a bad way, but when we trust in the Lord, there's a, there's a price that comes along with it, just like Christ paid the price for each one of us. Trust, a tangible trust that actually produces a tangible peace in our life in all the various situations and circumstances. Trust that changes our future outlook. I'm talking about an outlook even as near to home as when you, how you walked in today and how you walk out today. But not only today for the things that we're believing God for, for the weeks and into our walk with Christ in the days ahead. With that in our hearts, I want us to turn to Jeremiah today in chapter 17. We're going to read a, a, a chunky passage right here, a pretty heavy passage in Jeremiah 17, verses 1 through 13. Jeremiah 17, 1 through 13. Holler at me when you're there in your Bibles. One person's there. Two people, three people. Oh, here we go. Verse 1 in Jeremiah 17. The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron, with the point of diamond. We won't even go there today. That, that first little opening right there is just so descriptive, creates all sort of pictures in our, in, our, in our mind. With a point of diamond, it is engraved on the tablet of their heart and on the horns of their altars. While their children remember their altars in their Esherim, beside every green tree and on the hills, verse 3, on the mountains in the open country, your wealth and all your treasures I will give for spoil as the price of your high places for sin throughout all your territory. Verse 4, you shall loosen your hand from your heritage that I gave to you, and I will make you serve your enemies in a land that you do not know. For in my anger a fire is kindled that shall burn forever. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness, in the uninhabited salt land. Verse 7, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose heart, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water, that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear 
when heat comes, for its leaves remain green, and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart, and I test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. Verse 11, like the partridge that gathers a brood that she did not hatch, so is he who gets riches, not by justice, in the midst of the days they will leave him. And at his end, he will be a fool. Verse 12, a glorious throne set on high from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be put to shame. Those who turn away from you shall be written in the earth, for they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living water. Amen. This is obviously the, from the prophet Jeremiah continuing, continuing to trust or to encourage the nation of Israel to trust in the Lord after, after all this time. And it's a heavy passage, I realize. And it's one that from early on with the people of Israel, from the times of Moses, and every now and then you know I like to do a little timeline to remind us. But from the time of Moses in that roughly, and I'm just averaging to make it easy for us, but 1300 BCE to the time of Joshua when the the nation of Israel was really beginning to be established in their promised land, 1245 to the era of King David when the nation of Israel was really established under King David's rule after Saul had turned his heart from the Lord in 970, then in Solomon in 930. But then we finally, we get to Jeremiah, and the point of just those few numbers is we get now to Jeremiah in in roughly this time frame of 600 BCE, or we could say this, seven after 700 years, roughly, of the blessing of the Lord. 700 years of seeing God split seas and defeat enemies and build kingdoms and pour out riches and blessings. And here the prophet stands before this people after close to 700 years. And it was, it was inconceivable for the people to, to think that they would ever be anything but blessed. It was inconceivable. The prophecies of, of Jeremiah and how they were going to be taken captive and how the temple was going to come to ruin and, and all these prophecies that were prophesied against the nation whose trust in the Lord was waning after all these centuries of God's faithfulness. 
even here to kind of bring this home to us. And we just think about our own nation and just our own lives here in the nation that we reside in, most of us, which is America. There are some other nations in the house tonight or in the house this morning. But here in America, 247 years of of going on, of being a blessed nation and in us as the people of God, understanding to some degree the blessings of the Lord that he pours out into our life personally and into our lives as a nation. Even after such a short period of time, it, it seems a little inconceivable at times that we as a nation would could be totally removed from the blessing of the Lord. Or that our individual lives could begin to wane in the blessing of the Lord. But the key to all of God's provision in our life and the key to continual, long-term sustainability, if you would, of God's pouring out His blessing into our lives is that we as a people continue to trust in His unfailing hands. We need to be a people who continue to trust in God in all matters in our life. Can somebody say amen? Amen. We say we trust in the Lord, and then many times we go out and begin to attempt to take matters into our own hands. We don't need any confessions here this morning, not openly anyway. We say we trust in the Lord, but then we lose nights of sleep because of anxiety and and worry. We say we trust in the Lord, but then we resort to, to vices and crutches and meds and other remedies in our life. We say we trust in the Lord. But then we draw the picture of how we see what trusting in the Lord's in should be. We draw the picture. Okay, well, I trust in the Lord, and this is the picture that's going to come to pass because I trust in the Lord. And sometimes if another portrait is handed to us, they might know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we can wane in our trust in the Lord. You see, there's no doubt that there is fruit that comes from a trusting life. There's fruit, and yes, we live in different times than in Jeremiah, the prophet's time, different days of grace and mercy in the age of the church, but, but hear me, people of God. The way that we trust in the Lord and the way that we walk out this trust in God is not a whole lot different. Except that we have more of an advocate. We have more help today than it seemed like they might have even had back then. But it's every day we have to wake up and we have to begin to trust in the Lord for another day. Jeremiah 17, 15. Five, one of the passages that we just read, it talks about cursed is the man who trusts 
in man. But blessed is the man who trusts in God. The fruit of a trusting life is a life that has many benefits from trusting in the Lord. Blessed is the man who trusts in God. There is a blessed and be above all other blessedness and trusting in the Lord is the peace of mind and the peace of heart that one has from walking in relationship with Christ. That you can put your head on your pillow on any given night or for those who take naps during the day. And you can put your head down in rest with the peace of God in your heart, knowing, knowing that your trust in the fruit thereof is going to be provision in your life. It goes on and it talks about another fruit of a trusting life. And this other fruit is we are like a tree planted by water. And it's a great picture. You know, the Bible can paint better pictures than we can ever paint or present. But the Bible paints this picture that's, that differentiates between a well-watered tree that's planted by the river whose, whose roots go down deep. And any woods men or women in the house today, you know, boy, by those river streams, you're going to get the, the, the best acorn crop, and we're not going to go there this morning, and what those acorns produce. You get the best, some of the best, you know, in those streams, in those lowland areas, they're the, the greenest, healthiest trees. But then the, the Bible says that not trusting in the Lord. It says that we become like a shrub in the desert, What a picture the Word of God presents to us in terms of what happens to the life when they trust in the strength and the provision of man versus the Lord. And I know that sometimes it just comes out as words and we have to figure out how to do this from week to week. But each man in Jeremiah here, it says, is, will be given according to his ways. And if we, if we stop and think for a moment and, and want to sort of argue in our hearts the, the relevance of that idea in the days that we live in, we look at Romans 2.6, where it says, God will repay each person according to what they have done. It's the, same, it's the same concept, it's the same way that we have to go out every day and live our life, trusting in the Lord, but by the mercy of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in the day and time that we live in, according to how he or she gets up every day and trusts in God. The peace of God overflowing from our hearts, even in the most dire situations that we're having to face as we journey through this life. The peace of God passing all understanding, guarding our hearts, guiding our hearts in Christ Jesus is a fruit of a trusting life. 
Verse 8 goes on in Jeremiah 17, where it says that he's not only a tree planted by waters that sends out its roots by the stream, but it goes on even further and it says, and does not fear when heat comes. The first thing that I see with this is that heat will come. Look at the person next to you and say, hot days are on the way. <laughs> of course, us in Louisiana know that better than, than, than many. But, but hot days are always just right around the corner. But the benefit of a trusting life is it doesn't matter how hot the day becomes or how heated the circumstance may be. We as a people, we can continue to trust and have the peace of God guard our hearts. It goes on from there and says, not only are hot days on the way that we do not have to fear, but it goes on to say, you do not have to be even anxious in the year of drought. And again, kind of looking at this on from the other side backwards, there will be years of drought. Because trusting in the Lord doesn't mean that every year is going to be according to that bountiful picture that we draw sometimes in our hearts and our mind. There'll be years that, that might be a little more difficult. There'll be years that might be a little easier. There'll be years where it seems like we're having to believe God for more provision for our family. There'll be years where it seems like provision is just sort of overflowing and abundant. It doesn't mean, as we trust in the Lord, that, that every year is just going to be this, this bountiful year that just removes any worry and any need for faith and trusting in your life. That in the year of drought, you do not have to have anxiety. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret How's it going to turn out? Are we going to get through? Are we going to make it through this, this time? Having a realistic vision and having an understanding of, of what tangible trust actually means. Walking through, trusting through every situation in life. 1 Timothy 4.10 says from the Apostle Paul to obviously... That young minister, Timothy, he says, For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially all those who believe. There are times where there is even some reproach that comes into the trusting life. And the only thing that I'm trying to draw in your hearts and in your minds that, that tangible trust doesn't mean that it's going to make everything just work out as you hope in your life. It means that you're going to be able to walk through it with the peace and the power of God, knowing that the Lord is never going to leave you or forsake you. This is tangible trust in our life. This is sometimes being, being mad as a rattlesnake, but yet having to walk through it with the peace of God. Yeah. Heard somebody say something about the rattlesnake the other day. Said that over in some woods that they think the rattlesnakes learn how to adapt their rattle 
to not rattle so that they wouldn't get eaten in the woods. I'm like, how do you apply that? I don't know. I just share it. You figure it out. There's a lot of things that adapt in the woods, just like we adapt as we journey through life. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, the next verse, it says, In all your ways, in verse 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Listen to this. This is, this is a beautiful one. The benefit of a trusting life is that Jesus comes and he makes your path very simple. It's not curvy and crooked. It doesn't require all this conniving and and scheming and trying to figure out the blessing. One of the blessings of a tangible, trusting life is that he comes and he makes our path like straight like an arrow. We can see, we have vision. Yeah, it means that there's going to be some things going on, but it means that all we have to do is we have to just keep on walking down this path, continue to trust, allow the light of Christ to shine more and more as every step we take, it becomes clearer and clearer what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to respond. And, And above all else, we're just supposed to continue to be trusting in Jesus along the way. He makes the path straight to those who are trusting by way of every time they come into something. Our default becomes acknowledging Jesus, meaning we're going to the Lord, meaning we're walking it out with him. One of the things that I do in just a very practical sense on decisions, and especially when it comes to difficult decisions, is simply don't make them. Until there's full clarity from the Spirit of the Lord in your heart. Wait. Many times the life and deadlines and pressure just push us. And many times we create deadlines in our life. And many times we just have to keep on just walking it through. Waiting for that peace of God to come and bring that straight path and reveal that straight path in our life. The Lord will do it because the Lord is faithful. Taking matters into our own hands creates crooked paths. This is simple stuff, but we do it over and over again. You take it in your own hands, you're like, I've got the muscle to handle this one. And next thing you know, something that was going to be straight and easier, it becomes a little bit more, thank you, sir, complicated, complicated. It's like telling one lie, as we know, and, and then another lie needs to be covered by that lie, and then another lie needs to cover that lie until you have this web of lies that are very complicated. <laughs> yeah, we don't go there in this house. Trusting in the simplest way of life. Trusting. God, in the simplest way of life, that we would have peace and that we would keep our lives quiet and simple, trusting in the Lord, not making things bigger 
than needed. Not trying to outcraft our outscheme our enemy, but a straight path is a fruit of a trusting life. In Psalms 20, in verses 1 through 8, a beautiful psalm where it says, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. And everybody say, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. I pray over every single one of us that scripture right now. May the Lord answer you in your day of trouble. May you go and just trust in his voice, his word, his answer will come forth as sure as the sunrise will come again tomorrow. It says, may the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices, Selah. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over our salvation. I love that verse 5. May you never become dull. Maybe we go there. Never let your salvation become dull and boring in your life. May we shout for joy that Jesus saved us and Jesus redeemed us and Jesus pulled us out of that hell pit and that life that we once lived without hope, without light, without eternity. And it says, may we shout for joy over your salvation. In the name of the Lord, our God, set up our banner. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. All this Psalms is turning us back to Jesus. It's turning us back to the Lord. May the Lord answer you in your day of trouble. Well, we're coming to him in our day of trouble. We're petitioning him. We're waiting on him. We're sitting in his presence. We're, we're saturating in his word and we're saying, Lord, have your way in my life. Once again, be faithful. In verse seven, some trust in chariots, some in horses, But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They, the ones that trust in chariots and horses, they collapse and fall. But we rise and stand upright. O Lord, save the king. May he answer us when he calls. The fruit of a trusting life not trusting in man, not trusting in ourself, in our own abilities, in the strength of horses or chariots, whether it's our business or whether it's other provisions that God has placed in our life, not trusting in any of these things because Jeremiah goes on to say in verse 10 of chapter 17, he says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give, I'm sorry, it's verse 5. Curses the man who trusts in man who makes flesh his strength. Listen, whose heart turns away from God. The result of trusting in man's strength, in horses' strength, in businesses' strength, and in all these things that can be wonderful 
in our life and provide for us, the result, even though our lips might be for Him, as it says in the Word of God, our heart is being pulled away. Even when our words might be right, our heart is being yanked away because trust is tangible. Trust is consistent. Trust is constant. So we tie our heart in with Christ. We know that the word of God says that he has taken out the stony heart and given us a heart of flesh. He has given us a new heart. We become new creations. In Matthew 6, 21 and Luke 12, 34, it says, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And we, we preachers love to kind of tie that into, you know, some sort of an offering thought. But, but it's so much more than that. Where your heart is, where your heart is, is where your treasure is. What's the most important things in your life? I mean, really, it's not, it's not, the, it's not the offering. It's not the tithe. We have to be faithful with those things. What's the most important things in our life? Our salvation. I mean, obviously, Jesus. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. Where your treasure is. Our family, our children. Where your treasure is. When we tie these things that are important to us in life, the treasures that Christ has placed in your life as a blessed individual, man, woman, family, boy, girl, when we tie our treasures in with the work of God, the plan of God, the house of God, the giftings that God's placed in our life, when we use them for the glory of God, we tie our treasures in. It keeps our hearts fixed upon Christ. It's not living compartmentally. It's not just trying to live for the Lord just part-time. Whatever that might mean for us, it might mean different things. But it's, it's connecting every aspect of our life in with Christ, and it keeps our hearts tied in. It's always, it's always interesting that, without saying this in too much detail, but, but a person's in a house of God scenario or a walk with Christ scenario, a person's treasures will always be withdrawn first before a person physically disappears. And that, pan, that plays out in many, many different ways and scenarios. It might be that, that giftings are retracted or, or ties and offerings are retracted or time is restricted or many different things we begin to pull back to ourself when our hearts are being pulled away from Christ. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So it really, each man in Romans, each man will be rewarded according to his works. It's really this getting up and without making it into a works salvation, which you know we don't, we don't believe or teach in this house. But it is getting up by faith and by the power 
of the Holy Spirit and word of God, we get up and we walk this journey out day by day. We tie our treasures in. We tie our time in. We tie our families in. We tie our giftings in. We tie our, our, our testimony in. We tie it into those in our life so that we're, we're actually having fruit bore in the different relationships of our life. All these things play a part in tying our heart in because where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And, and the last place we want for our heart to be doing is pulling away from the Lord. And we're just trying to put some meat on tangible trust because this happens every day. Amen? You know people. I know people. We all have seen it. People whose heart seemed one day was tied in and was pursuing God, but the next thing you know, it's been, it's been pulled back. It's been pulled away, and, you're, and we're scratching our heads. We're scratching our heads, and we're holding on to the altars, and we're believing God for His sovereignty to, and His plan to play out in these people's lives. But today we wake up and we tie our heart in with Christ today. Sin, as we close today, and it's a weird closing, I know, and we're going to go into communion in just a few moments. But sin is the result of man's fall, but only has power. It only has power when we don't put our full trust in the Lord. In verse 3 of chapter 17 in Jeremiah, it says, the wealth Of all your treasures, I will give as spoil as the price of your high places for sin throughout the territory. We can see here that that sin comes at a high cost. Without trust, it even seems like our wealth and our protection and even provision just grow wings and, and flutter away. In Proverbs 23, 4 and 5, it says, don't overwork to to be rich because of your own understanding. Cease, for you'll set your eyes on that which is not, for they will certainly make wings and fly like an eagle toward heaven. At the end of this life, there's really only two scenarios. At the end of this life, we're either going to be a people who pay with our life or we're a people who trust in the Lord throughout our life. And Jesus has already paid the great price. That's where we're headed as a people who are tangibly trusting in Christ every day of our life. Amen? Amen? At that point, I know it's a sobering last thought, but I want to go ahead and prepare the Lord's table today, and we're going to do it a little bit different. We have three different tables. We'll set them up, one by the aisle here, one here, one here, try to make it a little easier for us. And I want you to go ahead and stand to your feet if you would. Worship team, you can go ahead and come, please.
just open up your hearts right now, each one of us. And I, this challenging word today for some, maybe more than others, but it just, I just want you to take a moment, close your eyes to not be distracted, open up your hearts. And today I just want you to be challenged in your, your trusting in the Lord. In all our respected places of residence and life and work, the different seasons that many of us, all the various seasons of life, some nearing towards the end, some barely at the beginning. I want us by the Holy Spirit to just be convicted, to be encouraged today, to be a trusting people and to understand all the benefits, all the benefits, all the the provision and blessings of a planted life, a trusting life, a flourishing life, not afraid of drought, not afraid of heat, not afraid of seasons of what appear to be lack, but as a people, we have a great confidence. We have a great peace. Even when sickness comes knocking on our door, We have the the peace of God. We continue to grab a hold of the altars and we grab a hold of Christ knowing his plan and his purpose for our life, believing him to touch our body, believing him to just come and allow us to fulfill the number of our days and his plan and purpose for our life. Just lift up your hands if you would just for a moment. Allow the Holy Spirit to just shine his spotlight upon each of our hearts and let him speak in our day of trouble that he would answer you, answer us. Let him speak to you right now. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we ask you to just speak to us today, Lord, even even more, Lord, just come and just bring your confirmation, your conviction, your peace. Hallelujah in each of our hearts, Lord. We just thank you today, Lord. We thank you today, God, and we give you all the glory today, Lord. We thank you for the house of God, for this place, Lord, where we can just worship you and walk with you, Jesus. God, we give you all the glory. Holy Spirit, if you need to ask the Lord for just forgiveness, if you need to just seek some sort of restoration in your life right now between you and Christ just do that right now Jesus I love you things that you can say to him Jesus I love you I need you I need your forgiveness Lord wash me once again Lord with your blood in your mighty name Jesus just have a have a conversation with the Lord he's so faithful he's so loving he's so kind Hallelujah.